I V M. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Triangle of Pens. I'm Monish, and as always, I'm joined by Nishant. This is part two of our plane preview. We spoke about the Eastern Conference team yesterday, and today we'll talk about the Western Conference. And it doesn't get bigger than this, does it? The Lakers take on the Warriors. Now, a few weeks ago, we were talking about the plane tournament and discussing its pros and cons, and we we're talking about how Steph might be in the plane and Zach Levine and Jamal Murray. But guess what? You have LeBron in the plane. How <laughs> Adam Silver must be licking his lips. This is exactly what he hoped for, like LeBron to advertise the plane. What do you think? Yeah, he'll lick his lips now. If the Lakers <laughs> drop one game and everyone's getting nervous, his ass is going to be on fire at the prospect <laughs> of a postseason without the Lakers in it. So he's licking his lips, hoping the Lakers get through either through the game one, through game one or game two. Uh, otherwise, he's not going to like it very much. I mean, if the Lakers don't make it to the playoffs, I don't think we'll see a play-in game ever again because you would. <laughs> it it was exactly what he hoped for, but also yeah. not exactly what he hoped for. It would become that kind of a weird situation. But yeah, let's get to the game. Steph versus LeBron. They've played numerous times in the conference finals. This is a play-in game, kind of different. It's a one-off scenario. Right. If it was a game, if if it was a seven-game series, I'd pick the Lakers probably in five or max in six. You think six, six? This Warriors team takes Lakers to six. Max, max in six. <laughs> One game, uh, I say I say the Warriors have an equal shot, and I might be made fun of after the game because LeBron will come off and be a plain LeBron and whatnot. No, no, they have a legit chance. I I agree. I, th- I think yeah, it's be... just because of Steph Curry. I mean, yeah. you ha- you put Steph Curry in a team. Uh, this is uh, this is from Yon Tascano Anderson the other day. They asked if the Warriors. He was asked if the Warriors have a genuine chance in the playing game, and he's like, "If you go into a street fight with Mike Tyson, you always have a chance. Sure. If you go into a basketball game with Steph Curry, you always have a chance." And I totally get it. I hundred percent agree with it. I think in a one-off game, Steph. <laughs> one-off game, Steph Curry. I think you. He has an equal chance. Beat LeBron. Beat AD. Beat Lakers. Beat sure. whoever. Sure. I think the the so, counter argument from most would be Mike Tyson's all good and everything, but. LeBron's probably George Foreman or Ali in this uh, in this analogy, <laughs> and you don't knock him out. It just doesn't happen. But there's always a chance. Yeah. No, I think one-off game. Uh, you know when <clears throat> sports is so intri- intrinsically linked with gambling, and mm-hmm. any big game gets the kind of attention it does because you know there's money on the line. There's mad money on the line, and this game uh, would probably see the kind of viewership that the NBA hasn't seen in quite some time. This will probably be one of the most watched sporting events in. In recent mm-hmm. memory, the only tragedy for the NBA is uh, that this this wasn't an ninth uh, versus tenth match. This is not exactly one and done. Uh, the loser still has a chance to to you know redeem themselves, but uh, it's as close as you can come to a March Madness one and done sort of situation with the biggest players and names in the game. So it, it's mouth watering. It really is. And and you're right. I, I think they have a fair shot. It's still going to. It's going to be one of those situations where the Warriors would need to be at their absolute best. Mm-hmm. They would still need the Lakers to to slip up and make errors here and there to pull through. Mm-hmm. But um, stranger things have happened, and and with Steph Curry on the court, anything can happen. Yeah, I think the one biggest danger for Lakers is that they haven't played enough together. Yeah, I know LeBron's back. He played the last few games, and he was he didn't look like he missed a minute at all. AD is back. He was scratchy when he returned, but yeah. looks like he's back. He's scoring thirty points again. He's getting ten rebounds, ten blocking rebounds, yeah. games, yeah. match-winning blocks, and all of that. So looks like the Lakers have kind of are kind of back. But I think the team chemistry might still be a dangerous situation for them, given that mm-hmm. they're not played together. Mm-hmm. This is exactly like the Clippers last season, right? I mean, 
they were a great team and on paper they were probably even the favorites but or one of the favorites but you saw how they crashed and burned against the denver nuggets they almost crashed and burned against the mavs as well against the sideboard so, also they crashed and burned against that as well <laughs> uh, paul george always gets a mention pandemic p but uh, i think it's the same problem with the lakers this season as well mm. i mean they haven't played enough together mm-hmm. uh, yeah you could say that they played the entire season last year and all of that but it's a new look team at the end of the day you have dennis schroder who's combining who's coming in kcp is not look like the kcp from last season well lebron is lebron won't discount him ad is ad won't discount him drummond i think he's a weak point there you think yeah, he gets to start first of all <clears throat> uh, he should he should but i'll tell you what ever since drummond's arrival mark gasol's been kind of making a case for himself uh, <laughs> he has something Which, to play for yeah looks like the greatest uh, impact that drummond would have is is inspiring mark gasol to play like himself again um look I th- on the chemistry front i think there's one uh, key difference between the lakers this season and the clippers last season as many similarities as you may have uh, the key and the, and the similarity the the most dangerous similarity is both superstars coming off of injuries with the risk of aggravating it it's not like just because they're playing well doesn't mean there's no risk of uh, the the injury going into remission or or some such so that's always going to be there but the key distinction is last season was year one for the clippers that was a 46 win team into which they dropped i mean they let out a few pieces but they dropped kawhi leonard and, and paul george neither superstar makes it the neither of them are culture changing superstars as such and they make it harder even for the existing culture to adapt around them very tough when you got pretty vocal characters in the locker room who are proud of the team and the culture that they've created and then you have these people that come over and they expect you to adapt to them and to you know kind of cut out to them and and work around them so in that situation in your one of the team being together the kind of absences that they had and then the bubble and then the whole uh, you know harrell lost a relative and uh, lou williams went to a strip club and whatever else happened they didn't make it any easier for themselves with the lakers though it's similar the superstars missing time this squad has already won a championship together they've gone as far as a, a squad can go and they made a bunch of changes and we'll talk about that but but it's your two they've already played together the superstars know each other very well the other stars seem to work well with and around them and in lebron james they have a culture changer if any franchise steps into just bottom to top what pat riley would take years to do top down lebron does in like a year and a half bottoms up at any franchise that's incredible he's he's very similar to tom brady in that sense you go there and just the whole environment changes at the franchise and and ad is is again it's a lot easier to work with ad than apparently it is to work with kawhi or or paul george so that's that's the key difference now the other part and the the most critical moving part here the variable is all the changes that the lakers made <clears throat> and these were all critical pieces to the chip puzzle in the regular season it was avery bradley he's not there rondo playoff rondo he's not there uh, dwight howard javel maggi they're not there so these are some of the key departures here you had you know uh, jr smith and a couple of others move in and out but but waiters but these are the main pieces now who did they add in this process they added i'm going to say tht though he was around but they added him in terms of the kind of minutes that he got yeah. this season whose's uh, minutes went down they added montrez harrell they added magusol they added andre drummond they added dennis schroder they added west matthews and then they added ben mclemore that's a huge that's a whole host that's almost an entire squad to integrate them 
to get them into the same championship mindset is tough. If there's anyone that can do it, it's the guy leading the team. Mm-hmm. And then they've got Dudley to keep spirits up high. Uh, that's the real MVP in the background. So, of course. <laughs> the one thing I will say about all these pieces is, uh, it should be a blessing in disguise, the unfortunate absences of LeBron James and Anthony Davis, because now the coaching staff have no excuse when it comes to knowing their rotations, knowing when to use in what scenario, when to use whom in what scenario, and um, how do you make adjustments like you did last season? Like the Portland Trailblazer series, you rel- relied heavily on size and you kind of bullied them off the court. Houston Rockets went small ball. Lakers went small ball. No Dwight Howard, not much Javel McGee. Uh, a lot more of Markeith Morris, AD at the five. And they got it done. So all of these permutations, he should have had down pat because he had so much time to experiment with all of the other pieces while LeBron and AD were off. Um, so that's how I see it. Uh, it. There are challenges, but as long as AD and LeBron are fit, I think everything else falls into place. Um, all the chemistry, passing, movement... Uh, Schroeder, LeBron, Mark Gasol, all three of them have been excellent passers. They've all linked up with everyone, including the new guys, very well. Most of the key pieces are there. Everything else, you just put the ball in LeBron's hands, ask him to figure it out, or throw it to AD in the low post and ask him to figure it out. So, as long as these two guys are fit, I think everything else can be smoothed out. That's where they are a little different from the Clippers. Of course, I've got to give it to that. uh, On paper, definitely is not a competition at all. I mean... Who's going to get rebounds for Warriors, right? There's nobody. You've got to depend on Kevin Looney. I don't think so. So, <laughs> I think AD and Drummond are going to grab every rebound yes. out there. It's just have to hope that Steph has a great night and scores 45-50. That's the only chance they have. If there's one guy I would want uh, to guard AD, it's Draymond Green. I mean, what a battle that would be. He's, I mean, on size, it's not even close. Yeah. But if you have one guy giving out his 100%, who will give his life and soul literally to guard AD, I think Draymond Green versus AD is going to be an absolute treat to watch. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a great clash three, four years ago. And it was when they when the Pelicans played uh, the Warriors. They, they almost took the Warriors, by the way, that Pelicans side with Rondo and AD. That was a much younger AD. With not as many tricks up his sleeve as he has now. And it's also a slightly older Draymond with not the same level of defense and physical tenacity as he had back then. Uh, it's a no contest for me. Draymond against AD now, that's a that's a butchering waiting to happen. It's it, it genuinely is. On both ends of the floor, it's a no contest. I expect Draymond to get annihilated by by Anthony Davis. So it's all going to boil down to what separation and defense can uh, Steph Curry create with his scoring and can Wiggins step up. I think he's key. If he can get points on the board and defend, if he can be a two-way wing that they need him to be, uh, this is an interesting matchup. Otherwise, it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the Warriors. They've been playing an eight-man rotation for the yeah. entire month. Uh, they they lost like one game in the uh, in the last nine or ten or something like that. And they went six and zero oh, the last home stand. They went six and zero. Oh. So they're they're a streaky team. Yeah, Lakers. Well, they're just getting back to form. I think if if there was ever a chance for the Warriors to upset the Lakers, this is it. They got to go all in. I think also that the Warriors are more motivated because. I think they need the number seven spot more than the Lakers need the number seven spot. Sure. <laughs> because uh, Warriors versus Phoenix Suns would be a much nicer matchup for the Warriors. The Lakers could take on anyone. So I think they'll yeah. be a little more relaxed and they could go out and beat the Grizzlies or the Spurs, which is the other game I also want to talk to you about. Now, the, Grizzlies, do, yeah. the Grizzlies have been amazing. I mean, they they had a great chance to finish number eight. If they had a little more experience, they would have probably beat the Warriors. They went came back from behind. 
amazing season so far. A great young squad. I think that's the squad to watch out for the in the future as well. The next two three years, I think they're going to be up right up there with Jamor and leading them. Any uh, any chance that the Spurs have against the Grizzlies? Do you think? I I don't think so. I think the Grizzlies should easily uh, waltz past them. They should and and uh, all year long I've been saying I want to see Jamorant in the playoffs. Let's well let's start with a one done game, and mm-hmm. that's a format you would know very well from college. So uh, on paper, common sense, all of these things say the Grizzlies should ease past the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spurs maybe even got a little lucky getting the tenth spot. Uh, because yeah. the Pelicans were pushing on uh, hard, uh, kind of. The Spurs had the toughest schedule in the entire NBA. Right. They had to beat Milwaukee Bucks by scoring one forty plus against them. Yeah, and they had well, to they rely did. on yeah, and had to rely on Sacramento losing some momentum in the, in the yep. process. So, um, the only thing that prevents me from from saying oh, it's over, just, you know, don't even bother watching the game. The only thing that prevents me is it's a Greg Popovich team. Maybe I have some PTSD from the 2000s of betting against the Spurs and then burning my fingers. But uh, but the biggest reason is the kind of... Ex- it's a curious mix of veteran experience that can still ball in San Antonio. And a lot of young players that only they know how to utilize. Most of these guys are unheard of around the, around the league. These are not household names. And yet they put up solid numbers. Like I, If you're listening to this podcast, go ahead, uh, look up the squad. San Antonio Spurs. Look at all the players that are scoring double digits every other game and, and playing pivotal roles. See if you've heard of them. Like a lot of these players, maybe the names aren't familiar, but these are not household names and they're still putting up solid numbers. I love yeah. that depth. I love that distribution. I thought uh, they were superior to the Memphis until I think you pointed out a short while ago that Memphis have like the third highest bench scoring in the league. Yep. Um, it'll be interesting because I think it'll come down to that. It'll come down to distribution of load. Mm-hmm. Um, because otherwise, in a one-and-done game, looking towards your young superstar who's in this scenario for the first time to kind of be Superman, he'll advised. I mean, if he turns out to be a Magic Johnson and can do it, great. But if it goes down to distribution of load and, and if it's even close in the third and fourth quarters, I'd kind of give Spurs the advantage. Uh, because I think they defend slightly better than the Grizzlies. Slightly. Uh, but it's a Greg Popovich team. And they've got the experience. Yeah. And you know they, he's been What's in all these situations. there, though? Memphis Grizzlies are the most experienced playing team amongst the four. They have played a playing game last year, if that counts yeah, for anything. Whatever, okay. <laughs> but um, in terms of like, yeah, but does that compare to like DeRozan losing to LeBron in the Eastern Conference nine years in a row? Like that, those topics, that's tough love. Um, speaking of which, uh, something that I mentioned just a short while ago. Uh, it's, it's, it shouldn't, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but it's quite a kind of comedy somewhere in tragedy, which is should the Warriors somehow scrape through in that mm-hmm. first game, which means the Lakers now have to play the winners of Memphis versus San Antonio. Let's assume San Antonio scraped through in that first game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tough luck, Jamarant and the Grizzlies, but okay. So then you have a situation yet again, <clears throat> 10 years in the running now, of DeMar DeRozan playing LeBron James in an all-or-nothing game where he could get knocked out and his season gets, gets done. I think he had like years of doing this in the East. Toronto would somehow come to the semis, somehow come to the conference finals. There's LeBron with Miami or Cleveland and boom, knocked out. Tough game, great fight, boom, knocked out. And then finally, DeRozan moves to the West. LeBron comes right behind him and next season he's there in the finals again in the West and he's kind of licking his wounds, DeRozan. And, and I love DeRozan, he's one of my favorite players. So there's kind of that to look forward to. There, there's a possibility that's kind of funny. 
any chance that the Grizzlies or the Spurs could upset the Warriors or the Lakers if they uh, in the second play-in game? Uh, yeah, I don't think it's no, no, not happening. I, I'm kind of, uh, I'm kind of worried if the Warriors had to face the Grizzlies again. I think it'll be much more close, closer contest. It already was one. We already saw one close yeah. contest over the weekend. I really think the Grizzlies are a dangerous team that is kind of underrated right now. They are. I really want to avoid them if I can. I'd rather take the seventh seed than face them again and. For sure, but, but but look at it this way, right? One of these teams is going to play. Let's say the Grizzlies win. Let's just assume that happens mm-hmm. in the first game. They're playing either the Lakers or the Warriors. If they're playing the Lakers, they're playing the defending champs. Uh, further wounded and insulted by a loss to the mm-hmm. Warriors of all teams, the eighth mm-hmm. eighth placed team, and playing for their lives to stay alive in the in the tournament. I wouldn't want to face that Lakers team with LeBron and AD. That's that's not happening. So then. That's not happening. So now you think, okay, Lakers go through. What if the Warriors stay back, and the Grizzlies have to play the Warriors? You let Steph Curry, as motivated as he's been all year, with no support, he's been triple teamed, quadruple teamed, pentuple, or whatever the word is teamed all throughout the season because the defense has literally nobody else to guard on the court, and he won the scoring title in that season. Yeah. You give this guy a whiff of the playoffs. Then you give him that insult to injury of LeBron walking over him into the postseason. And you say, okay, you have one more shot. Do what you can to get your team or you're out, your season's over. Go back home and make cooking videos or TikToks or whatever with your wife. <laughs> I wouldn't want to face that Steph Curry either. So I don't think there's a I don't think there's a positive outcome, whichever way this goes, for Grizzlies or San Antonio, whoever wins that first game. I don't see either of them making it to the playoffs. Alright then, so that was our Western Conference Plain Tournament preview and it's going to be a cracking two days, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. I think the Eastern Conference is on Tuesday and the Western Conference is on Wednesday. It's going to be a fun, fun time. But that's all the time I have for you today. Uh, We'll catch up tomorrow and we'll talk about the MVP and all the other awards as well. Alright man, cheers. Take care. Bye.